We're continuing in the uh, second chapter of the Tomer Devorah. He's been outlining uh, various uh, aspects of uh, uh, essentially God's head um, uh, and describing how one could emulate those qualities. And today we'll be looking at, um, I think, three, uh, two or three really important uh, qualities. And the first are uh, ears. How do we how do we uh, uh, emulate the divine in how we listen, uh, and then our eyes? How do we emulate the divine in what we see, uh, and then finally our nose? How do we emulate the, the divine in, in what we do with our nose? Um, <laughs> it's, I, I just when I was saying that I was thinking of Toucan Sam saying to follow your nose to Fruit Loops. Um, I'm not sure if that's what he's going to say. I don't think it is. Uh, but you never know. Uh, but, uh, but in, in following your... in, in uh, emulating God's ears and emulating how God listens, uh, what, uh, what he's going to suggest is that we have an obligation... Rather, let me phrase it a different way. It would be a positive virtue to strive to listen to good rather than bad. Right? In other words, there are lots, there's lots of negativity that's around us all the time. Um, whether it is negative things that people say about other people or just in general um, uh, negativity that floats out in the ether, the, that echo chamber is much louder, I think, in our time than it was in Moshe Cordovero's time because of, because of cable TV and social media, um, where there is lots of negativity, um, especially about other people floating around a lot, and it becomes incredibly difficult to avoid uh, hearing those negative things, and as a result, it doesn't necessarily make us more sensitive or compassionate to the needs of other people. It doesn't make us uh, better people for hearing all of that negativity. In some ways, you would think that listening to, say, uh, um, uh, bad news right, um, would serve to make you more aware and then therefore sensitive to the bad things that are going on in the world and make you more inclined to, uh, to take action. But in fact, on some level, it's the opposite. Uh, we, we become uh, callous to, uh, to suffering in the world. We become uh, negative ourselves after assimilating so much of that negativity. Um, there, there have been studies that have shown that, uh, that people today, especially in the developed world, are by and large more depressed and more pessimistic uh, than, their, than our forebears were because um, of the degree to which we hear so much negativity about other people and about the world all the time. Right? And so what Corvera says here is Harevi'it, with the fourth. We're on, uh, in the English, page 72 at the bottom, in the Hebrew, Kuf Tetzayin. He says, That a person's ears should always be inclined to listen to good. Omnam shemashav Right, that uh, that a a uh, um, uh, vain or false rumors or uh, nasty things that are said about uh, uh, other people should not enter into a person's ears at all. As he assumes or proposes that um, 
that the supernal ear, that God's ears, try to block out the uh, the the cries of um, of uh, of of uh, negativity um, and injury of uh, of uh, of lashon hara of uh, negative speech um, that they don't enter God's ears. He assumes um, right. So therefore, a person should also strive to not listen to negative things, right? especially. It's worth noting that he points out lashon hara here, which are uh, um, uh, things said about other people. Right? Lashon hara, can, by the way, um, is is always negative things about uh, said about other people, which aren't, which can be true or can be false. Right, but uh, but classically, the rabbis say that lashon hara is not only a sin of the speaker; it's also a sin of the listener. Because a person has the capacity, when someone begins uh, speaking negatively about another person, has the capacity to say, you know what, I actually don't want to listen to this. Right? It's another interesting, uh, this is in some ways not related, um, but uh, there is a, a commandment in the Torah that a Jew is not allowed to charge another Jew interest. And the rabbis understand the the way that prohibition is worded in the Torah as um, as implying that the sin is not only for the issuer of the interest, but the borrower as well. So if you agree to accept a loan on interest from another Jew, you are guilty of violating that commandment, right? Um, because you are helping somebody commit a transgression. Right? You could stop the flow of that transgression, at least in that in that instant. And the same is true with Lashon Hara. The, it, it could end, were there no, if there were no listeners to Lashon Hara, there were no listeners to negative speech about other people, people wouldn't talk negatively about other people. Right? Um, or if they did, they would do so in the privacy of their own homes, and it actually, you know, to themselves, they would talk to a mirror, I guess, right? And it actually wouldn't have much of a negative impact except for those individual people. Um, it has much more of a negative impact the more it gets spread to other people. The more there's an audience for it, the worse it becomes. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's, like, uh, um, it's like sin products, right? People wouldn't produce pornography uh, or cigarettes if there weren't smokers, right? If there weren't people who bought them. Right? So people wouldn't speak as much Lashon Hara if there were no one to listen to it. So he's saying that one should train themselves to not listen to negativity. One should train themselves to only uh, listen to good things. And you shouldn't listen to things that arouse anger. Right? If, you, if, you're, if, if you're in the course of a conversation with someone and they're about to say something that you know is going to make you angry, right? Um, that for no productive purpose, right? I think that that's the key here. Sometimes anger can be productive, but sometimes people just say things that just really get at you, right? And it doesn't do anything positive for you. It doesn't do anything positive for the world. Maybe it makes the person who's saying it feel good because they got a rouse out of you, right? Saying you should train yourself not to listen to those things because those, listening to those things actually harms you and doesn't help you. There's a midrash that says that the that the uh, serpent and his speech um, and his tongue are not able to enter uh, God's uh, realm. Um, that God doesn't listen to negativity. Essentially, uh, is what that means. So therefore, a, a person should not allow uh, any uh, uh, ugly 
uh, ugly word, ugly speech to, uh, to enter into his ears. Right? That a person should not uh, allow um, false rumors, false uh, hearsay to, uh, to, to be brought to him. Now, when I saw actually that verse, um, the, I immediately thought of, I thought it was misquoting the Ten Commandments, which is, Lo tisa et shem aronai elohecha leshav. Right? It's a very similar phrase. Um, this verse actually comes a few chapters later um, in Exodus, where it's talking specifically about um, uh, false rumors in the context of court. Um, but I think that it's actually really fascinating to me that you have these two verses, one in the Ten Commandments talking about not taking God's name in vain, and the other using almost identical language about, uh, about uh, allowing yourself to hear false rumors. I think that there's a correlation between um, our capacity for uh, for insulting God's name in the world, for for dragging God's name through the dirt in in our world, which I think is what the one of the implications of the of that commandment from the Ten Commandments, and of uh, of entertaining uh, false rumors, entertaining negativity, entertaining, entertaining falsehood, that in, in some way it diminishes our capacity to, uh, to be and think and do godly in the world. Right? All the more so that any negative speech shouldn't enter his ears at all, a person's ears at all. Right? And the person should only um, should only uh, listen to good things. There's time for a little bit more, I think. Any thoughts, comments about that? Right, let's do a little bit more. Hachamishit enav. Right, so now his eyes. Luistakel bahen bishum devar megune. You shouldn't look at any negative thing. Omnam tiyena tamid pekuchot lashgiach ularachem al haumlalim kefikocho. Rather, you should always try to have your eyes open and uh, supervising and compassionate um, on, uh, on, uh, 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 on people who are suffering as much as possible. So in other words, what this is not saying is that you should ignore all the bad things in the world. What it's saying is that you shouldn't try to stare at those things unproductively. Rather, you should look at those things, keep your eyes open, see suffering, see hardship in the world, but have your eyes open in a certain way, have a certain lens on, have a certain prism on, which is a prism of compassion, a prism of desire to help. When you see the suffering of a poor person, you shouldn't avert your eyes at all. So he's not saying, again, he's not saying... When you pass by a poor person on the street, don't look at them. Right? But what he's saying is, we, I, I think that all of us, at one point or another, do this, where, where we see suffering in one form or another, and we maybe feel pained by it. We might say, oh, that's too bad. Right? But we do more staring than we actually do doing. Right? We do more uh, um, looking at the problem than we actually think about how we can be uh, compassionate and involved in solving the problem. So he's saying that, that you shouldn't avert your eyes, but you shouldn't look in a way that isn't helpful. 
Rather, you should, a person should think about uh, that uh, poor person as much as he can. And you should arouse compassion for him. Um, in God's presence and in people's presence. In other words, you should use your eyes in that regard to be a, uh, to be a, an opening for your own compassion and for other people's compassion. And you should therefore distance yourself from every kind of negative supervision, right? from every kind of looking at things in ways that cast judgment on them or uh, cause you to be less sensitive, to be less compassionate. Yeah. What this is bringing to mind is among the protesters, be it at City Hall or Wall Street, you have some truly homeless people mm. coming in and they're having trouble. How do they deal with them? Mm. And I mean, these are the people who really need the meals that everybody's giving to these protesters mm. and feeling sorry for them. And yet there's this whole group of truly homeless, who nobody, which is usually ignored. Mm. Mm. According to the article in the Times yesterday, they're, they're following two policies. One is they're feeding everybody, no questions asked. And they're rapidly throwing out the ones who come in get drunk or do other things which are disruptive. That seems to be their solution to the, to the situation. But it's a it's a, it's a really um, uh, worthy consideration that you're bringing up, not only in that context but in in general, where people um, often. Um, think about problems in the abstract, right? And when they're confronted with the actual tangible issue, uh, don't really know what to do about it, right? So the the Occupy protesters are protesting uh, against uh, you know, the um, uh, inequality of wealth and, and uh, against the impoverishment of people, but but when actually faced with the real problem of poverty, the question is, what what do you do, right? And so I think that this is exactly what he's saying here. I think you're right. I think he's saying that that um, when you look at a problem, don't look at it as an abstract problem. Look at it as a real problem that 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 requires your action, your compassion, your involvement, right? Um, right. In the same way that we. Um, we believe that God's eyes are open to the uh, suffering of people in the world. And always look for the opportunity for good. Why don't we stop there for today? It reminds me of when I first moved to New York City. And uh, I would notice um, derelicts and drunks in the street, people stooped over on the sidewalk. And I would get very upset by it and very concerned. And, you know, we get a doll or whatever. And then the day that really shocked me was when I just sort of walked over the person passed by, and I realized, oh my God, I've become inured and dull to to this kind of thing in history. That was the most upsetting. Where it just becomes sort of like part of the scenery yeah, of part of yeah. the scenery. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but we we ran into that when we were in India, where it's sort of a profession to. Um, you know, physical uh, physical distortions, literally. And after a while, you just have to kind of look the other way because everybody's out begging. And uh, even in 
Philadelphia I remember once I, I headed for City Hall and I couldn't park. Wherever I was going, I couldn't park. So I was down somewhere, heaven knows where, and I had a bunch of quarters and I used for the meter and then going along one after another. So I give each one a quarter. Then I ran out of quarters and of course I had to say no. I mean I was a twenty and so I wasn't gonna ask anybody for change. So I um, I ran into one guy except dollars. Yeah. <laughs> who tried to trip me. And, you know, I, I just blew my stack, and uh, I still think about it today, because I, I really reacted, because I had just gone through all my change, and mm -hmm. here's this guy, he was upset because um, I couldn't help him. So now the answer is use your credit card and save your quarters. <laughs> on the meter? Use the oh, credit card they, on the meter? Well, now that they have yeah. They're going to start <laughs> taking credit cards. They do. The yeah, moms. Oh, the moms. <laughs> Everyone has a has a machine has a credit card machine. No, I think that you know that's that's um, a really profound um, observation. I think a lot of times you know you like assume you know don't you know that I gave dollars or quarters to everybody else that's there? What you know what's it, if they have like a you know a, 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 a Twitter system between themselves, you know. But even if you're not giving, yeah. just that, that like, avoidance, like, they don't even exist, it's almost like the dignity well, of, like, I, 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 she, hi, but I don't have any money or something. I, I think that is what that individual was reacting to. But that you ignored them. I was just not going the money ahead. Right, right. Yeah. You have the same thing at the wall in Jerusalem. Oh, yeah. One after yeah. another. Mm -hmm. One guy's giving me, all of a sudden walks over to me and starts giving me a mishapera. I says, wait, I don't have any money. He <laughs> walked away. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 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 <laughs>